0: Tu amida mata chepita tu amida, tu amida bandhu cheska tu amida, saradam mama deva deva.
1: I bow to the divine mother in you and in all beings. I have a very interesting and heartrending, poignant story to read to you today. It's from Conversations with Yogananda. My Guruji says, I remember a young pair who attended a class series that I gave in Phoenix, Arizona. They were the most beautiful couple I have ever seen. That is saying a lot. Of course, attraction to beauty is measured more or less by a person's own ignorance. His own blindness, I'm sorry, I misread that. A mother had a very ugly son and tried to enter him in a beauty contest. The judge laughed at her, whereupon she answered, You fool! This is the most beautiful child in the world. If I were judging this contest, I would give them the prize without even bothering bothering to look at another. Still, by the standards of modern blindness, those two young people were beautiful. The whole class enjoyed seeing them. They seemed so perfect, as if blown together by the breeze of their love. One day, after class, I called them to me. I'd known they had very little money, but I had just learned that they had sold their little car so they could take the classes. My practice in those days was to charge a little money for classes. The money went to the work. But now that I'd heard about their sacrifice, I told them I wanted to return their money. It took me a whole hour to persuade them to accept it. The boy then said to me, May I ask you for a favor? Please bless me that I find a job. I told him he would find one right away, and he did. But then I said something else to them both. Everybody in the class, I said, envies you your love. I don't envy you, for the love in my heart is a 100 times greater than what I see expressed in your eyes. I'd like to see you develop toward the experience of ever deeper divine love. In a year's time, I plan to return to Phoenix. I would like to see if your love is still as strong then as it is now. I did come back the next year and tried to look them up. It wasn't easy, but I managed at last to locate the boy. He was working in a store. When he saw me, he came out with me to the car and stood beside it. He looked worn out. It saddened me to see him like that. His back was bent instead of straight like a yogi's. In a weak voice, he said, I still believe in God. What is the matter with you, I cried. I expected to find you communing with God daily. He answered, I'm working so hard. I hardly have time for anything else. He took me to his home. They'd had a child, and his wife was expecting another one. I said, I miss the luster I used to see in your eyes. I felt sorry for them, and I gave them a good mental and spiritual shaking. As I was leaving, I saw in their eyes again a glimmer of their former love and happiness. They promised me to start meditating again. But just see how easy it is to let the world creep in and steal your happiness. Tread the spiritual path very carefully. Delusion awaits you around every corner, hoping to seize you. This is a very poignant story because it is such a common one. It's a story repeated a million times all over the world by people who want to live high idealistic lives for God or... Or ideals that they themselves had. I remember a couple came to me, they too, although not by no means the most beautiful couple I have ever seen, still they were beautiful and there was a sweetness in their uh, love and in the sort of dreams that they had of, of the future. They both were musicians. I think he played the piano and she sang and uh, I remember they, they introduced me to a song from Bizet's The Pearl Fishers* an opera Um, It was just really thrilling. Um, They had this dream of wandering the country, in this case because they didn't know about God, singing to people and thrilling audiences with the loveliness of beautiful music. And uh, I saw them at the beginning of their career. I didn't see them later, but I'm sorry to say that I expect somewhat the same story. It may not have been. But, you know, wandering around giving, le- giving concerts in, in the halls, it's not so easy a life. It's a very hard life. And uh, how many other people I've known? I mean, in this life of mine, I've known thousands and thousands. You may have been like this in your life, or you may be like this in the future. Don't forget God. That's my message. Remember who you are and what you're in this world for, because life will go, it won't last. Remember that you have come into this world of incarnations with a holy mission. You have come here to celebrate God in a new and unique way. Mind you, no one will ever be able to love God Enjoy God and enjoy your own self in the same way as you. You are unique. Sure, in one way we're all the same. But you know, in another way, each one of us is himself. God is unique in every snowflake. God is unique in every human being. God is uniquely you. He will never be, even though others will... Tread the same path, others will have the same jobs, others will seek the same careers and may have the same success or much more success, who knows? But they will all do it in their own way. No two people, just like no two thumbprints, are exactly alike. God's incredible variety that in all these egos in the universe, in every atom, Each atom is dowered with individuality. Now you have a unique song to sing. I remember one time, there was a tennis court below where I lived, and the boys and girls used to go there on their way to school. And there was this young little boy, probably six years old, and a little girl, probably in the same grade. they had, he had been probably watching a movie, like a John Wayne movie or something, but here this little toddler saying to her, sort of thinking of himself as a cowboy hero, and he says to this little, 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 come here. And she turns back, I said, come here. It seems so ridiculous, this little child being a tough John Wayne. But how many people just try to copy each other? They see a movie, and they come rolling gated out like a cowboy, or they, they uh, see somebody uh, acting tough like a Humphrey Bogart, and they're starting to smoke their cigarettes like that. And people borrow their values, and so they get born in an Indian home, and they start acting like Indians, and that same little baby, if he were brought up in America, he would act like an American. And uh, in Germany, in Japan, they're all like that. You, So much of our values are borrowed from our our, uh, families, our neighborhood, our environment, and people grow up thinking, well, that's the way to be. Well, it's not so. We've got to learn who we are, and you're not a personality. You've got to learn behind that that God has some special thing for you to do. It's a fantastic thing to understand that. My guru one time, in talking with his guru was comparing their work with that of another. I mentioned it was Ramakrishna because it was the same time in the same area, but I didn't know, and he didn't say so. Anyway, his guru said, Why do you make comparisons? This is the way God is playing through you and through me. And my guru said, It made me feel so good to think that God is playing through me. He said these things, not because he needed him to set an example. Be happy that God has given you a particular role to play. Don't make comparisons. This is what people are always doing. Oh, but this master isn't like that master. Well, why should he be? Every master is different. Yes, they all manifest love. They all manifest compassion. They all manifest joy and wisdom. In that way, yes, there's a certain oneness, sameness, but it's all different. Each one expresses that love, that wisdom, that joy in a unique way. I mean, how different my Guru's role was from that of Lahiri Mahashai. How different Lahiri Mahasaya's role was from that of uh, um, any other saint of his time. And so your role, saint or not saint, you have the duty to become a saint, That is a part of the song that you have to sing, to learn how to live your life and live it in a godly way. Don't look with envy on other people. They are their life. They're following their career. Be yourself. I've had an unusual life in that sense, because I've had to live in so many countries, grown up in so many societies. Living out of my own country, I've been a foreigner all my life, in a way. But the other side of it is it's made me at home all the time, wherever I am, too. And I do feel like I'm an Indian, even though I have a Western body. But always, I find that wherever I am, it's the same old fellow, for God's sake. I'd like to get away from this guy. When people sell to ask me, tell me about you, I said, I'm the, I want to get away from him. I want to know who the Divine is, who's playing these roles. That's my goal. But He's playing your role too, and mine is no more important than your role. You may be just somebody who goes to work every day in a humdrum way. You don't have to make it humdrum. You know, every job can be delightful. I'll never forget Swami Ramdas when he visited Mount Washington when I was living there. and I was serving him and the other's lunch. And I I just loved him. He was so innocently sweet. And I said to him, how are you? And uh, In other words, how are you enjoying the meal? And uh, he just looked up with this charming smile. He said, just swimmingly. Well, he would have done that if he'd been in Dungeon. In fact, there's a beautiful story from the life of Benvenuto Cellini, who... Uh, was a famous sculptor and silver worker back in the medieval times and he was a very strong character and the Pope hired him uh, to do a number of jobs for him and he was a great artist but the Pope wasn't paying him and he finally said I'm not going to do more until you pay me which was perfectly right and honourable and the Pope unfortunately had the powers so the Pope put him in prison. Well anyway that's not the story that I'm I mean, there's not much of a point there, except that I'd say I'd rather go to prison than be bossed. And uh, he was in this dungeon with a damp mattress, very little light, just enough light to be able to read the Bible one hour a day, rats running around the floor. The food that he had was a a piece of bread and a bit of water, the classic prison fair of those days, and he just spent his time praying to God. Well, you know, in that prayer, he began to feel so much joy that he loved it. And finally, the Pope let him out, and he returned. He paid him off, and he returned to his life of great art, and so on. But later, he wrote a a poem in which he said that if you want to know what real joy is, arranged to be thrown in prison, and he described all the circumstances that he had to undergo in that prison, and he said, pray to God. Because in that darkness, having no other stimulus, no other thing to do, he could read the Bible for only one hour a day and nothing else. All he could do is pray, but that prayer brings a joy, you've got a joy inside you that is a." treasure trove, if you would just look for it. The greatest treasure of the universe is within you. You don't have to look at it anywhere else. I think that when people dream about some beautiful planet with wonderful paradise setting, just as we don't have in this world, it's still going to be having the great disadvantage of being stuck in a human body with an ego. Now, on this plane, this material plane, you won't find what you're looking for, no matter how wonderful the life is. And in the astral world, for a while, but it still becomes, as my, guru, my guru's guru described it in his autobiography of a yogi, where he, uh, that chapter, The Resurrection of Sri Yukteswar, where he's describing the astral world, he says, finally you get tired of the gaudy pleasures and beauties of the astral world even. In the causal world, that's where you're closer to bliss. We are really, our relationship ultimately is with God. We are children of Divine Mother. She has sent us into this dungeon to help us to discriminate. Do we like what we see here? But you know, the purpose of the guru and the purpose of God, if they see you playing in a mud puddle, is not to clean up the mud puddle. Not to make your environment better. It's to take you out of that mud puddle. And so sometimes having a mud puddle to play in makes you want more to get out of it than if you were put in a beautiful garden. Be grateful for your misfortunes because they are what help you to keep moving toward God. The goal of your life is to know who you are. And who are you? You are a child of Divine Mother. All your children, Mother, call you. I'm going to sing this song to you. All your children, Mother, call you, knowing not it's you they call. And then some, because they don't know, they go in the wrong direction. They stumble. They hurt themselves. And they weep. Divine Mother picks them up and tries to dust them off and help them. But Divine Mother's love is always there. Don't think she's cruel. You were cruel to yourself by turning your back on her. But know that her love is always there. Naughty or good, you are her child. Naughty or good, she must release you. Joy to you.
0: All your children, Mother, call you, knowing not it's you they call you. Some through mists of their unknowing, bruised and hurting when they fall, turn away. But who can leave you? You're the mother of us all. If the child forgets its mother, Will she coldly turn away? Wise or foolish, we're your children. Guide us, Mother, if we stray. Those whose hearts are torn with anguish lack the power your name to call. Heal their wounds, Mother of so their sorrows, you're the mother of a soul, heal their wounds, my so their sorrows,